The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It's nine minutes after eight. Thanks so much for tuning into the Forum at Eight. And I guess continuing from where we kicked off after seven, um, or perhaps even earlier, talking about children, the plight of children the world over, and how children's childhoods are being stolen. And as I said earlier, if you just look at this report that we'll be discussing in greater depth, and the fact that over 700 million children and uh, possibly hundreds of millions more have had the promise of a full childhood brought to an abrupt end by one means or another is really, really frightening. But then remember our story just after seven about what's happening on the Cape Flats, the children of Lavender Hill who can't go to school and Just a thought, if teachers are having strokes as a result of what is going on in that environment and their inability to cope, what sort of damage is being done to young minds? in that situation. So we're going to talk about this and we're going to discuss um, the report, uh, the Stolen Childhoods Report, which was launched to coincide, of course, with International Children's Day today. And uh, as we said, found that around 700 million children or perhaps more have had their childhood stolen. And some of the reasons vary from extreme violence, poverty, um, families being driven out of their homes, early marriages, Ugutwala, which is something we've spoken about at length here at home, uh, pregnancy, child labor, um, human trafficking, and so many more. And all of these lead to children finding themselves in situations that are less than ideal and their childhoods interrupted and stolen. And uh, joining us, and unfortunately she can only stay for the first 10 minutes, uh, in our Joburg studio is uh, Hella Thorning-Smith, who is CEO of the NGO Save the Children. And she's, of course, a former Danish politician. Uh, she was Prime Minister of Denmark uh, from 2011 to 2015, and also leader of the Social Democrats in Denmark from 2005 to 2015, the first woman to hold either post. Thank you so much, and uh, an absolute pleasure to have you this Thank morning. Thank you for having me. So I was looking through this report. Uh, firstly, wonderful work that is being done yeah. by um, the organization. And the report, of course, um, is astounding, but I think most of us expect it. Maybe the numbers throw us off somewhat that it is as huge a problem as yeah. it is. But yeah, I we think, know. I think the numbers should throw us off. What we basically have done in Save the Children is that we have, have identified what we call eight child enders. Uh, and they are, as you're saying, it's uh, war uh, against children where they have to flee their homes. It's malnutrition. Uh, that means they are stunted. It is that the fact that many, too many children die of disease we could have prevented before they had their fifth birthday. It's child marriage. It is uh, adolescent pregnancy. Uh, and, it, of course, it is extreme violence. Uh, And what we have done is that we have looked at these eight child enders and we have ranked 172 countries according to where uh, childhood ends uh, sooner uh, rather than later. And there's far too many children that have their childhood stolen by one or many of these uh, eight indicators. Uh, And one in four 
children, uh, just think about how many children this is that do not have access to their normal basic rights, education, health, uh, protection, normal rights that we think all children should have access to. They should just live in, with love and care and development. Uh, but for 700 uh, million children, that is not the case. So what is the world doing about this when you produce well, what, a report like this? The reason why we are doing the report is to make everyone sit up and all of us to recognize that we actually have a responsibility. This is also the week of uh, Child Protection Week in South Africa. It's, it's also the International Day of, of the Child. So it's a very, very good day to come out with this report. And if we look at South Africa, and I'm not here to criticize, I'm just here to point out the, the numbers that we are seeing. South Africa, amongst those 172, 172 countries ranked number 103 that's not good enough for a country like uh, South Africa uh, of which we expect so much uh, in the world and one of the reasons why South Africa com- comes out uh, this low is because of the level of child homicide and we have to remember that under child ho- homicide underneath that figure of thousand children losing their lives being murdered every year in this country there is there's so much extreme violence. Uh, so, And that happens in homes, it happens in gangs, it happens in criminal uh, circumstances, but it is something, and that's good news, something we can change. Mm. It's going the right way in this country, and I don't want to leave without making sure that everyone understands it's going the right way, mm. but we need to move faster everywhere to end uh, violence against children. And I'm sad to say, but South Africa is actually the country outside the... Uh, um, outside middle America and the Caribbean that has the worst figures for this. So which are the worst and the best countries for children to grow up in at the moment? The, the 10 worst countries uh, are in, in Africa and particularly Western Central Africa. We have uh, Nigeria coming out as the worst country uh, and the, one of the first countries is uh, Sweden, uh, Finland, Norway. Uh, that, those are countries where you have very, very high levels of child health. Uh, actually, basically no children li- dies of children that we could have prevented uh, before they turn five. You have very good food. Uh, you have very good uh, protection for children. Uh, in all those countries, of course, they have legislation against corporal punishments in families. Uh, so that sends a clear signal that you can actually have positive parenting where you don't have any violence in, in the homes uh, of children. Uh, and these are also, of course, ch- uh, countries where children have access to school. Uh, one of the things that's bringing South Africa d- down is that only half uh, of, the, of the young people finish their uh, 12th year in education. And that also steals the child's uh, childhood that they don't get the access and right to get an education. So what are the remedies? The remedies is action uh, by politicians, but also by, by all of us. One of the things that we are doing in South Africa, say the children in South Africa, is that we are running, uh, albeit small programs, but still programs where we are trying to teach really poor households about positive parenting, trying to tell them that maybe... Uh, if you read to your children, if you talk to your children, then you can bring your children up without any form of violence. Uh, and I think that trying to teach parents and speaking to parents like they're equals, everyone wants the best for their children. And I think that's worth remembering. Everyone wants the best for their children. Uh, and trying to maybe give examples of how you can have positive parenting and not uh, negative parenting where, where there's uh, violence involved in, par- in parenting. So all of us, to your question, all of us can do something to change. It's a cultural change. Uh, perhaps we need legislation to change that. But, of course, politicians have a lot to do uh, also in this country. And uh, you, of course, no stranger to politics and uh, being yeah. a politician. So 
how does this then influence what they do, what they put forward as policy? Uh, do you think that they will pay attention to a report like this or any other showing exactly what I the state so, is? I hope so, because this is, a, this is a very clear indication of where you are. Uh, and the, the fact is that we have promised this world's children, you and I and all of us have promised this world's children that we will leave no one behind, that all children matter wherever they live in this uh, world, and that all children have the right to uh, not die before they are five or diseases we could have prevented to get access to a quality education to be protected, live free of violence, not get forced into child marriage before you are 18, not become pregnant when you are only a teenager, not be subject to having to flee your homes because there's war and conflict. So we have promised children to do something about that and I feel this is something we can all unite around because all of us actually want to protect our children. Of course it's a responsibility of each and every government but I also feel that uh, organizations like Save the Children by showing the real figures here maybe we can we can create a debate a conversation around how we can better protect our children let me just put one um, uh, SMS message to you sure. that you can perhaps respond to it's from BA who says um, on the children topic surely too many children are conceived by people who cannot afford to care feed house and protect them is that not abuse of children I think all children are, are when they're here in this world uh, they're here. Uh, and that is the time for all of us to start talking about how can we make sure that each child gets the best possibilities to live their life in freedom and prosper and be educated and also contribute. We can actually show that if you have, if you have too many children living with not enough education, uh, not good enough health, uh, not good enough protection from violence, then it actually affects the economy as well. So not only do I feel this is an immoral imperative to fight for every child, it's also for, uh, for our society. It's economically sound policy to protect children. Uh, you have given me examples today of it. Today, in mm. South Africa, you have children who, who do not dare going to school because they are afraid of the violence that they might meet on their ways to school. Everyone can see that if those children don't get uh, into education, that will not only uh, affect them as persons, but it will affect the whole economy if this is a big-scale thing that children do not get their education because of violence. And this is happening here in South Africa. It's happening in Colombia, Mexico, uh, Latin America, uh, uh, because children are afraid to go to school because of violence. Well, we have to release you, so uh, we shall leave it there with you. But thank you so much for stopping thank by. Thank you for having me. And that was uh, Hella Thoring Smith, who is CEO of the NGO Save the Children. And we'll continue this conversation with Dr. Gugu Kaba uh, from Save the Children, uh, the South Africa Program Director, as we dig deeper into finding out exactly what our children are going through and how their childhoods are being stolen. Somebody, by and large, males believe that they've got this license to do what they want. What it does is it creates a country effectively at war with itself. What What should should be done about it? What is the role of men? What role should men play in ending gender-based violence? There's no scripture in the world that will condone what's happening now. Men in South Africa, as a collective, to acknowledge and accept that there is violence perpetrated against women and children.
we as men have to acknowledge that we are either primary perpetrators and or secondary perpetrators. And by that, primary perpetrators would be those who actually do the act of violation or commit acts of violence against women and children. And secondary perpetrators would be those who know about but choose to be silent on the matter or choose to close their eyes and ears to the screams of women and children uh, and choose to walk away, turn their backs and walk away. The Big Question on Afternoon Talk with Ashraf Garda. Raising the issues nobody else will. Only on SAFM. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. Well, today is International Children's Day and uh, we are also in the middle of Child Protection Week in South Africa and we're talking about the plight of children and children having their childhoods interrupted and stolen. And uh, there's an SMS here unsigned that says you can talk about the problems until you blew in the face nothing will change for as long as criminals and irresponsible people have the vote. And um, whilst I understand your frustration, I think we dare not be silenced and we should, if um, we can, continue to talk, continue to highlight the plight of uh, children especially uh, for as long as we possibly can and hope and push uh, so that changes are actually made. But we welcome now Dr. Gugu Kaba, uh, who is the Save the Children South Africa Program Director. She's in our Pretoria studio. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Dr. Kaba. Thank you very much, Sakina. <clears throat> so, um, uh, Ms. Uh, Torning-Smith there, uh, painting mm-hmm. a very bleak picture for us as South Africans. Um, yeah. As she indicated, uh, we came in at number 103 out of 172 countries. And I guess even more worrying is that we are the worst in Africa. And outside of South America and the Caribbean, uh, we have the highest rate of uh, mortality, uh, uh, homicide, child homicide in the world. So talk to us about that. Where and how does this happen? Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Sakina. Um, Maybe I should start by indicating that uh, in Africa, South Africa is the ninth. And my view is that at least we're in the top 10 and there is hope as to where this whole is thing is coming from is that uh, the child protection system in the country needs multiple role players one of them and very very important is the child the parent community families government and other departments which means it should not only lie in the department of social development but it should also include health education agriculture uh, police and more and so what we have as a challenge now is that this child protection system that should be seamless is not seamless that gives us the low rating and it also we are also affected by the fact that Yes, we have been providing services to children that are abused, but we have not been reporting on it properly, such that the data that we have as a country is not good enough to help us make certain decisions. Thus, Save the Children has gone out to conduct the assessment so that we can be able at least to know that in a year, 
over 50,000 children are abused. And that is helping us to, one, make people aware, make people to make better decisions as they uh, provide services to both parents and children. And now what SAVE then has decided to do is to say, look, children have rights and those rights need to be known because as the one of the people sent a message to say, because teenagers are having children, don't you think that is part of the abuse? I would say yes to that because it's important for a parent to know that if I am to bring a child on earth, this is an individual that have rights. And what are those rights? Those rights, one, it's social rights, which means I need to be available to take care of this child. I need to be able to give this child a safe environment to play and grow up and to develop. Social, social emotional development is developed by the fact that the parent is present. The parent is loving. The parent is in, is kind of involved in developing this child cognitively, social, emotionally, even communication skills. We grew up with parents that put us on their back and work for the whole day. That says this child doesn't develop their communication skills. This child is unable to be resilient in any situation that life throws at them. And the fact of uh, proper care leads to the fact that we will provide good nutrition, the child is not going to, to stunt, the child is going to grow well and will have a physical body that is strong enough to resist certain illnesses. So now, if people don't know what the rights of the child is, then they are likely to take to, to decide that I can have a child at any time. And yet, that leads to a problem which is teenage pregnancy and now a child must raise a child and that now infringes on the right of the child that is being brought up by another child. And this now says you have a parent who doesn't have strong parenting skills and that is one of the programs that SAVE is advocating for to say let us have parents that are fully involved fully engaged, understanding that they're bringing up a human being that will influence life in future. So what am I supposed to do as a parent in order to be able to help this individual that must grow up? Right now, if you look, we've got this spate of uh, abuse in country that we're all talking about. It's a clear emotional outburst. It's a, it's a phase whereby most of the people that are perpetrators have realized that nobody is caring, nobody is listening. But where is this coming from? It's coming from the manner in which this individual was brought up. So that is why SAVE is saying, let us increase the prevention interventions. And prevention interventions begin at early childhood, which means in the first thousand days of, of life of an individual. If you feed them properly, you are going to develop them socio-emotionally and cognitively. If you provide good play environment, you're going to be able to help the individual to communicate well, to analyze well, to understand that I am important as an individual and the next person next to me is also important and I must take care of them. And in that way, if we do well in those first thousand days, we're going to reduce more than 50% of the problems that we're facing currently. And then it means then continuing. What else can we do? 
conscientizing people about the rights. It will help individuals in communities not to tolerate violence because right now, when people see violence, they turn a, a blind eye. You know, they just decide that it's not my business. And yet, this is a business that could affect them in the near future. Mm. But, but, but how then do you interrupt those uh, destructive patterns of behavior in communities? How do you change people's perception that this is not my business when they see someone else's child doing wrong or uh, you know being assaulted or being perpetrated against in any way shape or form how do you get parental involvement uh, to be of a higher level than we currently have given Mm -hmm. that schools can't even get parents to attend school meetings Mm-hmm. You know, parents are just absent from so many things where they should be present. How how do you hope to change that? Okay. We decided that we're going to start and talk to individuals. That is why SAFE is providing services in a home setting. In a home setting where an individual is more relaxed, you have an ability to talk to their conscience. And I do understand that it is a, it is it's going to be slow, but we will affect individuals in communities such that eventually we want to affect society, families and society at large. One, by ensuring that they understand what it means to grow up properly and what it means not to grow up properly. The loss that happens in our families. So if we approach individual family fibers, we have a, a chance of increasing the number of people that are intolerant. For instance, look, um, right now, teachers are pushing education and parents, they are pushing maybe bringing up their children. There's no coordination between these two people. So SAFE is saying there's a need to have a parent and a teacher and a child sitting in the same platform describing the problem of violence and Giving the voice to a child, for instance, will help the parent and the teacher to understand where the child is standing. And then the teacher at the same time will indicate where the teacher is standing and the parent. And uh, yes, we know that parents are so detached. Parents think when they chase the ability to reduce poverty in their homes by being at work always, it will help them to be able to deal with the problem. Yes, poverty is contributing, but then... Not caring is a problem. And the the good thing is that when a child grows up, they need care from any adult that is responsive, which means we need to talk to any person that is taking care of a child in order to be able to make an, a, an influence. Parents need to understand that if they are not involved in the education or bringing up of their children, they have a responsibility to get someone to, to get involved. If you look from when we grow up, some of us, you had an aunt, you had a, 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 an uncle, though some of the uncles are a problem right now, but you did have people that were conscious contributing to your upbringing, even though it's not your biological uh, parent. So as we talk louder and louder, we're trying to influence the individual fiber and the family fiber. Dr. Kaba, we're going to park it there for the time being. It's 8.30 and time for the latest news headlines with Nomsam Luli.
Well, it is International Children's Day, it is Child Protection Week in South Africa, and a new report has revealed that a quarter of the world's children are being denied a childhood. Their childhoods are simply being stolen by a range of issues varying from extreme violence, conflict, um, early marriage, pregnancy, child labor, poor health, and uh, not being able to attend school. And this morning we are unpacking this report and we speak at the moment to Dr. Gugu Kaba, who is uh, the Africa Program Director for Save the Children South Africa. And uh, Dr. Kaba, before the break, you were telling us, uh, you know, about uh, parents and parental involvement, the importance of that in uh, trying to find a different way. Save South Africa, of course, trying to uh, create greater awareness and also try to change the trajectory of uh, South Africa's children and what is going on at the moment totally unacceptable and for those of you who like numbers just to quantify it um, Save South Africa Save the Children South Africa um, have come up with a figure of 238 billion rand that's what the country loses in GDP each year as a result of violence against children so if that doesn't make you sit up if nothing else has touched you then it's something to ponder on but uh, Dr. Kaba um, just kind Coming back uh, to the homicide figures, uh, which is very worrying because children actually losing their lives. So where in the country do we see the worst sort of figures? Is it comparative or is it just a general um, uh, picture that we see? I think what we have now is a general figure. There's no ability to be specific in terms of where exactly is the problem. But one thing that we are noting is that most of the urban areas are most affected as compared to the rural areas and areas where the population is densely populated. That's where you find the spikes. And what can be done then in those instances? What can people do? What can parents do again to try Mm -hmm. and safeguard children? Okay. The important thing is to ensure that a child is cared for. And how do we care for a child? We provide 24 hours support. You see the child 24 hours with an adult that is responsible, that is going to make sure that the child is never alone so that they can be easily abducted. That's one. Two, it's important for us to to teach children what it takes to be safe and what it takes not to be safe. So it means uh, where possible, and maybe children are on their own and there's no adult, they need to be in groups, not as uh, individuals. And then also what parents can do is to ensure that we go back to basics of being a parent to any child that you see in the street. Such that right now when you see children in the streets and you don't ask why they're not in school, you have a responsibility as a parent, which means you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because you need to know that the child is at the place that they should be and they are cared for. So those are some of the main things. And of course, it means we need to increase vigilance, even in terms of the security that you see around. We need to be able to teach them that when they see a person that is a child that is moving along alone, they need to ask what is going on. They'd rather detain the child than let the child go alone because anything could happen to that particular child. I think those are the most important things that we can do for now until such time that at least 
individuals can be able to respond appropriately because that will help us to prevent an exposure for a child to be violated before we can respond to a problem that has occurred. Well, let's talk about it. 0891-104-208. The lines are open. You can also tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And you can send us an SMS to the number 40938, which will be charged at 150 per SMS. Let me read some of the SMSs coming through. Odette Swift, who is the Director of Deaf Education, uh, Deaf SA, says, The plight of children and women who have disabilities, especially the deaf, um, abuse of these children is much higher than that in the general population. So let's just spend a moment there, Dr. Taba, by reflecting on that. Dr. Taba? Thank you very much for bringing that up because it's one of the things that we are also concerned about. As soon as a a population has, for instance, in this case, disability, you have a higher likelihood because they are unable to be resilient or fight for themselves. So as Save the Children, we always ensure that when we talk about a child, firstly, we're talking about the child that is able and a child that is not able. And what do we do? That is why we always say it's important to provide the required care. People that are too busy to take care of children should not be Uh, uh, giving birth to children because who is going to take care of a child that is disabled because that child needs uh, more support and so it means parents need to understand that that once you have a a child that is disabled you have extra time that you need to spend with that particular child. One, in order to teach the child. Two, in order to be able to protect the child as the child has a right to be protected. And then to provide an environment that is safe enough for the individual every hour so that this child can be able to grow in an environment that is enhancing. Because one, uh, besides the fact that the child is disabled, the people that are around, around the child are likely to abuse the child simply because maybe they may not be patient enough to to provide for the needs of that particular child. So it means it's important for us to go back again to make people understand that having children is a responsibility and they need to be there for that particular responsibility. If you cannot be there for the responsibility, that is why Save the Children is promoting uh, sexual reproductive health so that people can be able to plan families and space children in as much as they want so that they can be able to cope with the responsibility of taking care of children. It does come with the extra um, support that a child needs in terms of disability, but people that are available, parents, communities, can be able to provide this. And uh, being impatient with those children contributes to uh, violating their rights. Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't necessarily have to do with one's socioeconomic uh, status. But, mm-hmm. you know, I liked what um, uh, uh, Hella Thoring Smith said earlier when she said it doesn't matter without passing a value judgment on why things are not going as they should, why parents mm-hmm. are not doing what they ought to be doing. The child mm-hmm. is here. Mm-hmm. And when the parent is incapable of maximizing and making sure that that child grows up in an optimal environment, where does the responsibility then fall to? Okay. In the first instance, we look 
within the family who is available to be able to take care of a child. In this case, it could be a teenage pregnancy. It means the, the mother of the teenager is the first person that we look to to assist the, the child. And if maybe the mother of the teenager is not there, any other responsible uh, person within that particular family usually gets that responsibility. And then if the family feels they cannot take care of this child, then the state comes in through social development to look for foster care and where the, and foster care then go, people go through the system to assess whether they can be able to take care of that child. So society is available to provide care for a child that cannot be taken care of directly by a parent. Well, well, let me read a few messages before I take your calls on 891 Uh Ed Busi MN says, Planned Parenthood is so key, Sakina. I agree with the doctor. Children need to be protected. Um, Joel in um, Matau says, Sakina, a big causal factor is poor or absence of family planning. A child shouldn't be brought into this world without proper planning, and thus teenage pregnancy must be stopped at all costs and even adults must stop falling pregnant when they don't have the means to bring uh, these children up well and then all children will be born uh, and will be brought up well. Uh, Jack in Alberton says, Sakina, on Saturday Michelle spoke to a man from the Eastern Cape who was training kids in karate and he wanted uh, some contributions and I immediately sent mine when the details were given at the end of the show. I think we need to go around in our cities and rural areas and so on to find a selfless men and women in our societies who are giving kids some sense of selfhood and belonging and also assisting them in whatever small way they can. Aisha Mm -hmm. says, um, SK, I know several couples who have wanted to adopt and have had roadblocks Mm -hmm. and setbacks continually caused by corruption and inefficiencies in the system. Families with good jobs and a way to provide uh, a good home. And if we can fix this issue, we could help a few more children in South Africa. All very valid and valuable contributions there, Dr. Kaba. 100%. It actually brings me to the last question you asked about who is going to take care of a child if the parent cannot and adoption is one of the options. Um, As a country, as I said earlier on, poor coordination of the child protection system leads to longer processes of providing full adoption and that is a problem as the individual that has sent an sms has said we could reduce misery for a lot of children if we can improve some of these things and these are some of the things that we are looking at because it becomes a preventive measure to reducing violence before it even occurs because once a child is not taken care of then they are exposed to violence so yes i agree Preventive measures, sexual reproductive health, contraception in order for us to plan families and an ability to expose children to activities that are going to build them and make them resilient so that one, if uh, violence is about to occur, they can be able to avert it or when it is occurring, they can be able to report it. And in that way, we will be able to reduce the, the occurrences of more homicides. Well, let's take some calls. 891 Mike in Durban, good morning. Uh, good morning. Firstly, Sakina, when the leader and the leadership is rotten on the top and the populace is looking on that they cannot be prosecuted and they are not brought to book, 
then the, uh, some of the populace will look on and give. And, and this is where you have this kind of abuse leading on to that. Point number one. Number two is that, uh, you know, a, a, a personal experience years ago, I, I uh, could not, or my mom and him could not afford butter. It's a simple story, but it has an implication. And so when we were growing up, when I was about six uh, and seven, you know, she, she could afford butter, so she gave me butter, but that's all I had on my lunch when I was going to school. Today, I'm a grown person with a PhD degree. I can't eat butter. Psychologically, that's what it was. Now, can you imagine if you have to harm a child, abuse a child, the implications is horrendous. What am I doing about this? Uh, I'm a businessman, and I started, I'm running 16 creches in the township of Edendale. And I promise you the teachers and the people that are looking after these children uh, have given them quality education in centers of learning. 500 children are fed the best meals every single day. And these teachers teach them. So when these children get to matric, they, they, and in the school, they are the top 10 in their class. So this is what we, we, we need to do, uh, challenging all people, business people, to follow through examples of life, how to deal and how to give back. Uh, and, it, you know, it is something that everybody else can commit to and try to, to, to give back to society. It's 16 places called GEMS in Edendale. It's called the Greater Edendale Muslim Society. I, and I tell you, wherever you go, people have to leave their children for the better part of the day. In every part of South Africa, and I'm saying in all these places, what we should do is unite these creches as what I have done. Not me, it's, it's, it's not about me, it's about all the people, and then monitor these creatures. One, one last comment. Over the weekend, you know, we gave a lot of hampers to, to all these 500 children and their parents. And what I noticed, of all the parents that came with the children, it wasn't the parents, it was the grannies. So I would say about 60% of the children, the grannies stood by them whilst we gave all these passes for them for, for the month of Eid, uh, for the month of Ramadan. And uh, I just observed, where's all the parents? Mm. Mike, thank you so much and uh, appreciate the contribution you make there. I uh, really appreciate it. Joanne in Durban, good morning. Hello, it's nice to speak to you all and thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I have one um, thing that has always worried me and it's not only pertinent to South Africa but across the globe. And that is surely, as, as uh, say the children of South Africa, one of the most important things that should be done is to encourage parents to have fewer children because the fewer children there are, the better quality of life they will have, they will be able to care for them more as well because when you have four or five children and you're running a busy life and you're trying to earn a salary and you're trying to care for your children, I should imagine that so many times little ones just get neglected and fall by the wayside because the parents don't have the time. And frankly, everything to do with children starts and begins and ends in the home, and it is the parents' responsibility and ultimate duty to care for these little things that have been given to them. And that's what I feel is so important, and I just wish that there could be more emphasis um, placed on the fact that the fewer children people have, the easier it will be to care for them and to give them the quality and decent life that they so richly deserve. Thank you.
Thank you so much, Joanne. And I think there's, you know, a bit of a theme developing where many of you, there seems to be consensus that there needs to be, you know, greater emphasis on planned parenthood uh, so that people can actually have a better outlook and also better opportunity to raise kids in the best possible environment. Uh, let's hear from Lisejo in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, I, I would just like to comment on what the doctor is saying and maybe look at it in the sense of maybe the support for the for these uh, unplanned un, un uh, kids and uh, fatherless uh, uh, families. I think um, the Department of Social Development needs to come in big here together with CITAS, uh, especially the HWCTA. There's a program, uh, the Auxiliary Social Workers. I think... Um, and those social workers, are, by their training, they are supposed to be working with the with the main social worker, if you will. I think uh, compa- uh, companies like this, Safe South Africa, they must work closely with the sitters and get more training for these social workers and give them more bazaaris so that they can help communities. Because I think that's what we need in this country. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Lesejo. Emmanuel, also in Cape Town. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Sakina. Hi. Uh, and I wouldn't want to guess. I think, Sakina, I, I, I just wanted to add that, you see, we've been talking too much, too much grammar on issues like this. We have policies, we have departments, we have um, you know, individuals who have employed to handle this matter, but yet these things are still uh, continuing. What we need is action, real action, implementation of these policies. Today we are talking of Ugutala, next to next to next to another day we are talking of uh, our young men, they, they, they dying out of uh, circumcision, and yet we, we, we keep talking these things for, for only God knows how long. That there are policies and laws to restrain people and to control these things. But why can't we implement it? That's the problem. We, we have, we have uh, many people, many people who have children, they just take the children from, for no reason. They dump it in the village with the old uh, Magogos. And these old Magogos cannot take care of themselves, talk to some of these kids. And all the things. So people that are involved in this is your, your first guest earlier mentioned countries that have best child policy. And he mentioned that there are laws, implementation laws, that guarantee punishment for anybody who violate those laws as regards, uh, you know, child abuse. Mm-hmm. So this is what I am saying. I, we, should, we should stop all this too much talk and... Sorry, Emmanuel, there, that line uh, uh, acting up. But, uh, of course, we get the gist of what you are saying. Uh, KB says, all well and good to hear these international NGOs, DSD officials and politicians talking. But if something happens to your child, then you will see that it's all just rhetoric. Budaza is in Pochefstrom. Good morning. Morning, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? I'm good, Sakina. I see the uh, time is very, very short. Um, would you kindly put me through back to your, your producer and I will send you an email because my story is it's, it's long. Uh, you, you can't tell it to us in three or four minutes? 
it's very long because um, my question is what kind of a parent am I going to be if I just relate to the story, my story. We are a, 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 we, we are four in my, in my family. It's my brother who's passed away and me, I'm the second born, and my younger brother with one girl. Um, both of my parents passed away. My father and my mother uh, separated in 1986. It was in the middle of 1986. I was doing grade two. And when they separated, my mother went away with the other sibling. I was left with my father's uh, aunt. And then I stayed with my father's uh, aunt and my uh, uh, father's cousin, who was a, a, was a man who he abused, literally abused me. I had to fetch the wood, fetch the donkeys, uh, make sure everything is, is correct, correct at the end of the day. Uh, to cut the story short, in, in the end of 86, I was taken by my mother's uncle, still separating me away from my other siblings who were staying with my, uh, uh, my uh, grandmother. And then my grandmother left them and she went to the farms. She left my siblings with my, 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 my aunt, who, who happened to be my mother's sister. And then my, I, I had the no way, I had the no way about of my parents up until I was with my father's uncle for about almost six years. And when I was staying there, the very same thing continued. My mother's cousin abused, literally abused me. She, she was 10 years older than me because by then she was in, 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 in a maternity. And then I, I had to, to wash the napkins, collect the wood, collect the water, clean the dishes, uh, collect the sheep and, and goats from the field. And that was literally my every day's work for the Five, for five years, with no way, I, I didn't hear anything about my parents um, um, up, up until 1992, where I had to sneak out, escape from that uh, uh, abuse, and then collect my other uh, brother, my brothers and, and, and my sister, and we went to my father's house, and then that's when they started to reunite for, 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 for the us. And, uh, for for the sake of us, and mm. in 1993, my my father passed away in April, and we were staying in my father's home, not his house. It was not our house; it was their home. And after the passing of my father, something now started to pop out, and uh, like my my grandfather came and said, "No, because of my child has passed away, we um, I need to utilize this house for something else." We had to relocate back to our grandmother's house, and. Uh, that's when my mother went back to find a job because she had to protect us and take care of us. She went back to my former uh, father's employer, and they at least bought us a mm. two-roomed house in Mafiking, and at least I pushed to finish my matric. And my my brother and my younger brother and my older brother they left school because they were old and they couldn't uh, bear the fact that. Uh, me being so far with uh, uh, at least school education. So and what is the message, Budaza, that you want to leave us with? What I'm asking is, what kind of a parent am I going to be uh, having undergone such a tremendous trauma and, and nothing happened in between? Now, mm. that is why our society is so uh, uh, cracked down because the foundation that we lay for our children is literal. Our parents are not nowhere there for us. Okay. I've, I've, I've but taken, as I, yes. I got you there, and 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 it is a powerful uh, statement that you make, and and yeah, I I get completely where you're coming from. Spasiso in Newcastle. Good morning. Thank you know, um, I'm going to try and be short. Thank you know, this 
think I think we are living in a sixth society. Um, are you there? Yes. Let's just hold back, take a deep breath, take an, a good analysis of what is happening here. South Africa is a thick, and I mean thick society. Just give you one example. I'm reading in Ilang newspaper this morning <clears throat> on page three, um, uh, page two or three. This man slept with his daughter and uh, now has three children. And uh, then he sleeps with his grandchildren who was mm. arrested. That's just on page three. The other page, just the second page, you read this, this Sangoma kidnapped the child, put the child in a wardrobe. I mean, the stories go on and on. An 11-year-old child was supposed to be taken for a mutiny, killing somewhere, somewhere, and fortunately was saved uh, by the community. All I'm saying is this is a sick society. After 1994, we were supposed to get the extract to come and say South Africa has been abused by all sorts of social ills, apartheid, and so on. And then come with a proper um, diagnosis as to what is supposed to be happy, to happen to this society. Because unless, if we keep on uh, trying to match the problem here and there, drug abuse, it's alcoholism, it's child abuse, and so on and so on, mm. then we are not going to get the crux of the matter. I totally agree with you, Spusiso. And everybody, all of you, all the contributions this morning, so valuable and, and, and really on the money, aren't they, Dr. Klaba? Uh, yes. Because, you know, we are a broken society. We are a broken nation, a broken people. Yeah. And yet we are expected to raise well, um, you know, developed and, 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 and just well-adjusted human beings from mm-hmm. our brokenness. Definitely. Uh, Takina, I agree with you and all the people that are making uh, comments. It actually is a difficult question that Pudaza is asking. Mm. What kind of a parent am I going to be? And that that should actually hit hard on all of us. Mm. My, My view is that I'm glad that Pudaza is asking the right question. So it means we have a responsibility to help Pudaza realize, one, where the problem occurred and he describes it well mm. so it means we cannot live with the problem Budaza. we know what the problem is the uncle the the aunt were wrong because they couldn't take care of their own children they made Budaza to take care of their children which was wrong now Budaza, we know what the problem is let us do something about it for instance somebody spoke about the fact that we need more social workers yes we do we don't have a lot of them we need more social workers to be able to go home to home so all the kind of support that is being provided to individuals in their homes need to increase because you have a person in that home that is more relaxed to listen and be able to take action as somebody has said that we need to take action which means we need to analyze our homes to a point of saying this one needs this kind of care and in that case we acknowledge that there's a lot of psychosocial support that is required and that is why save is starting psychosocial support at a parenting level parenting children that are within the first thousand days and then when you deal with this parent you also deal with the parent themselves because the parent has issues 
Dr. Klaba, we're going to leave it there for today. But I think, you know, these are important conversations that we need to expand upon. That was Dr. Gugu Klaba from uh, Save the Children South Africa. She's the program director there. And thank you for your contributions. And damn, you know, I've got so much to go and mull over right now. But uh, we'll pick this up again tomorrow. It's time for news with Nomsa Mzuli.